Good evening. Lord's blessings to you this night. So thankful to have you in word and worship. Psalm starting with verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first lesson for this evening is taken from Zechariah chapter 12. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they have served, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. On that day, the mourning in Jerusalem will be as great as the mourning in Hadad-Rimmon in the plain of Megiddo. The land shall mourn each family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Levi by itself and their wives by themselves, the family of the Shemites by, them, by itself and their wives by themselves, and all the families that are left, each by itself and their wives by themselves. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. So to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. O Lord, have mercy on us. A reading from St. John, the 18th chapter. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. 
It was Caiaphas who had been advised, who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered them, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. John 21, 6, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Have I ever told you that my father loves to tell stories? Oh yes. Stories about his high school state championship football team. Stories of the little white church on the prairie in Green Meadow, Minnesota. Stories about farming, the challenges and the joys, stories about all sorts of things. He, was, he has told them to me dozens of times each. I could tell them to you, word for word. Every time he tells them, they become larger and more grand than they were before. And it doesn't matter. I love hearing a good story whether I've heard it a hundred times or just once. Hearing how my father words it, where he laughs in the story, and the look on his face. Those are stories meant for repeating. Did I ever tell you this story about Jesus? He was standing on the shore and he called out to his disciples who had been fishing all night that they ought to try once more. Peter and all the disciples, out of their loyalty and love, cast the net with no hope of reward. And when the net came up, it was so full that it was going to break. Peter asked the Holy Lord of Sabbath, Sabaoth, to depart from him. But Jesus would have none of it. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. That, my friends, is a story worth repeating. Did I ever tell you this story about Jesus? He was standing on the shore again. 
And he called out to his disciples who had been fishing all night to try once more. Children, do you have any fish? Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Peter and the disciples didn't recognize Jesus at first. Who knows why they put down their nets one more time. But Jesus was appearing to them to make them ready to be his apostles after his resurrection. Well, their nets came up with such a catch, you guessed it, that their nets were almost breaking, but did not break. St. John realized and said, it is the Lord. And never one to think before he leapt, always one to let his passions make statements that perhaps he could not back up. Always one to jump out of a perfectly good boat. Peter swims ashore, and he is shortly followed by the boat and the other disciples, which just goes to show that going really fast on crowded city streets and arriving at the same red light that everyone else does, it doesn't save you any time to break the speed limit, people. But I digress. And there is Jesus serving them once more, this time fish and bread, around a charcoal fire, remember that, and his glorious presence. That, my friends, is a story worth repeating. Did I ever tell you this story about Peter? He was standing in the courtyard of the high priest, warming himself by a charcoal fire. And the servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are one of this man's disciples, aren't you? He said, I am not. While they were warming themselves by the charcoal fire. The servant and officer said to him, You also are one of his disciples, aren't you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it. And once a rooster in the other synoptic gospels, not in this gospel of John, it says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. He made all sorts of promises. Never will I betray you or leave you, Lord. But when the fear of death entered his heart, he lied and cried, I do not know him. What would you say? Caught the same trap, risking death, risking face, worried about what the neighbors will say. Will you stay faithful to Jesus or will you betray him? All too often we are willing to sell little pieces of ourselves away and our life of joy in Jesus. We make exceptions. We make bargains out of our fear our anxiety, our depravity, or our apathy. We act like the world to spare ourselves suffering. And so we deny our Lord all over again. It's a bitter thing to know one's failings, and it's a bitter thing to know how we have failed to keep God's holy law. But if we are honest with ourselves, what might happen? For our own good, my friends, this is a story that needs repeating. Did I ever tell you this story about Peter? He was fishing again. Jesus had died and rose from the dead. Thanks be to God. Simon Peter had returned to his old job. 
when all else fails, when you don't know what to do with yourself, you fall back into typical patterns. The old feel of the nets, the oars in your hand, the smell of the sea and the dawn of the day. In this upside-down world where his rabbi was dead and his life was over, this is the only thing that makes sense. They were on the shore after being called by Jesus, speaking with Jesus, gathered around yet another charcoal fire. Peter thought back to the first time that had happened, and when Jesus had called him to be a disciple and leader of the apostles, now after his betrayal, what good was he? Who would ever trust him again? Could he trust himself again? And Jesus, full of grace and mercy, full of love, speaks to Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? I can't imagine what that might have been like. Perhaps Peter thought Jesus was playing a hurtful joke. So you love me, eh? Maybe I will ask if you know me three times and see what you answer, coward. The very largest and most painful button to push in Peter's life is being stomped on by Jesus. But why? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. Another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter realizes what Jesus was after. For whatever reason, like you and me, this is God's chosen instrument, a three-time betrayer. Peter is who God has chosen to be leader of the apostles and an apostle himself. Peter can no longer dwell in his guilt and sin. That is not for him to do. It is for him to share the good news of forgiveness and salvation in Jesus Christ. So Jesus gives Peter a wonderful chance to show remorse and faith. And Jesus forgives him three times, three betrayals, three forgiveness sentences. He puts him back in a right relationship with God. Peter, those three answers you believe you will be known forever for. Those will not be your legacy. Maybe sometimes we worry that our legacy will be the worst things that we've ever done. That will not be your legacy either. You will not be known for this, but rather, you will be known for these three. Do you love me? 
Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. You can no longer return to your old ways of fishing, of life, because they are comfortable. No, I'm calling you into something completely new, and you will not be even able to lead yourself. The Holy Spirit will lead you, direct you, even put you in places and situations that you might not want to go. One day you will get another chance to answer again. You're one of his disciples, aren't you? At the point of a sword. And Peter will answer, yes. We can learn a thing or two from this story. Perhaps you are flawed. Perhaps you have given a wrong answer or two. If you are an instrument that God has made and ordained and forgiven, can't he still use you for his purposes? You are not broken beyond God's repair. You are not useless in God's kingdom. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Hebrews 12, verses 11 through 13. This, my friends, is a story worth repeating. And so we live at the feet of our master. And God keeps telling us the same stories again and again and again and again. The story of crucifixion and death. The story of triumph and life. The story of the empty tomb and doubting Thomas. I have preached for a while now. And I wonder how many more times I can preach those same stories. And then I remember the joy in my father's face as he tells his stories over and over again. Just because we know something, just because we've heard it before, makes it no less joyful. My friends, these, these are stories worth repeating. Did I ever tell you that story about Jesus? He was standing on the shore and he called out to his disciples who had been fishing all night to try once more. Amen. Oh, Lord's blessings. Uh, so good to have you. We continue to meditate on people who are witnesses to Christ's passion. Lord's blessings on you this evening. Uh, I love you all very much. There's not a thing you can do about it. Lord's peace.